ambitious, entitled, creative, pampered, collaborative, self-centered. These are some of the words used to describe a generation born from 1982 to 2002. They are the millennials. They are changing the world as we know it. As the largest generation on the planet, they are changing how we communicate, how we eat, how we watch our entertainment, and even how we shop. As the entrepreneur, you better get to know them not only as the consumer, but as an employee as well. Because as they are now coming into their own as adults from owning businesses, educating the next generation, and even starting to behold political office, they will be running things for a very long time. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation, do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose between the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. So today we're going to talk about my generation, the millennials. So in the first segment, we're going to talk about a few of the characteristics of my generation. Next, we'll shift our focus to how you market to a millennial. You definitely don't want to miss that. Then we'll take a break and then we'll talk about how you sell to the millennial. They really are different from your baby boomers and your Gen Xers. You don't want to miss that. And lastly, we'll talk about how you go about hiring the millennial. They're, this generation, our generation, my generation, <laughs> is very different from years, uh, generations of previous past. So you definitely want to um, pay attention to that segment. But before we get into today's content, Startup Nation, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge a very special person that we lost here in the city of Memphis. Burnell Smith was the publisher of the Tri-State Defender. He was a very fierce advocate for economic and social justice here in the city of Memphis. As the publisher of the Tri-State Defender, he was a reminder that everybody has a voice and that that voice should be used for good. And as the moderator and host of The Startup Life, I really was inspired by that voice. Mr. Smith was also a person who did not shy away from promoting black excellence with his Best in Black awards that he promoted year in and year out. So Startup Nation, this episode is dedicated to Burnell Smith, a Memphis Titan, a legend, and also a mentor and inspiration to me and many entrepreneurs around this great city. So without further ado, let's take flight. Startup Nation, one of the things you need to know first about the millennials is that it's a very large generation. As of 2012, there's about 80 million millennials here in the United States. And so when you think about, you know, the sheer size of it all, you know, that means like when it comes to elections, they are going to have very large political power. It is estimated by 2048 that 39% of uh, the electorate will be millennials. 
And even though 2048 is a while you know, away from now, don't think that millennials aren't already starting to make their impact felt in elections now. For starters, a huge part of why Barack Obama was elected president in 2008 is because of that generation. He knew that was a very untapped source, uh, untapped source of voters that he could really, you know, speak to. And the thing is, the reason Barack Obama was able to win that millennial vote is because he speaks to the very ideal that millennials believe. Now, granted, you know, it, it's very, as some people would say, hopey, changey, if you will, and very idealistic. But it's one of those things like that appeals to the millennial. The millennial is always about how can I change the world? How can I be more civic minded? Because believe it or not, the millennials are uh, considered a hero generation, a lot like how the greatest generation was back uh, during World War II. So that's one thing you need to know about the millennials. The next thing you need to know is that they're very educated. A lot of millennials are going to uh, school and getting degrees. As a matter of fact, about 34% of millennials uh, have either a bachelor's or master's degree or some type of professional degree or some type of training, if you will. That lets you know that, you know, learning is very important. It's one of those things where they understand that acquiring knowledge is very essential to uh, their career, whether it be being an entrepreneur or trying to scale up the corporate ladder. Education is really important to my generation. And so another thing, you know, on top of that layer is to know that even though we talk about a large portion of them, more a large portion of them having uh, professional degrees, whether it be bachelor's, master's, this, that, and the other, they also understand that education can come in many different forms. It's not necessarily the traditional form. Uh, we're starting to see the growth of uh, online schools or online courses, if you will, from like your Yales and your Harvards at like a reduced rate. And that's in, due in large part because the millennials grew up uh, very tech savvy. And so that's where a lot of uh, the learning really takes place. You know, I can't tell you how many times when I'm with my friends uh, and I'm trying to figure something out or learn something new, we can just go to YouTube. I make the joke all the time, uh, you know, now, now that I'm a homeowner, I, I would be very curious. Well, kind of frame it a little bit. So, I, yes, I am millennial, but I, I'm going to be one of those first millennials that retire because I was in that first year of, of being uh, of Generation Y, which is uh, 1982. That was the year I was born. And so I am old enough to remember those Bob Vila lifetime books for like home improvement or whatever. Right. And so I make that this joke now, now that I'm a homeowner, that I wonder if Bob Vila would be considered a hack or at the very least be put out of business if YouTube was around. Because I can't tell you how many times like when there's something in my house that I need to fix. I, I go to YouTube or something on my car I need to fix. I go to YouTube or go to WikiHow or, you know, uh, or many different things uh, or resources like that in order to figure out how to do something. Uh, you know, my generation really is very uh, individual in that regard. You know, don't necessarily want to rely on somebody else to do something uh, too many times. Uh, you know, when it comes to like, you know, uh, domestically, of course, and we're going to get to the, you know, because, you know, collaboration is key when it comes to the workforce, but we'll get to that a little later. But when it comes to that individualism, 
if you will, a lot of times my generation can be labeled as self-centered, you know, and I get it. I get it. You know, there are a lot of, you know, Instagram models or want to be Instagram models. And it's all about generation me. And I get that. But at the same time, it, it really is just from a place of uh, self-efficacy, self-sufficiency uh, to that regard. So, you know, I, I think I, I get why your boomers and your Xers and your generation, your greatest generation would probably say that. Uh, <laughs> we're self-centered, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Like I mentioned as well, like we're my generation is very tech savvy, very tech savvy. Um, I grew up in a household with a computer, you know, and during my formative years, you know, I think we had a computer in our house uh, when I was 12 years old and previous generations before that can't say that. I, I grew up in a in a era where I would go to lunch at school. I would go to lunch, eat my lunch, and I scoff it down really quickly so I can go upstairs to the library to get on the computer just to surf the web. And so the thing is, like, the web doesn't scare me. And so as an adult, that means, like, I don't mind paying bills online. I don't mind sending, like, my friends money and this, that, and the other. And so the workplace is starting to catch up to that. They're starting to implement like, you know, uh, more tech savvy things and computers uh, doing different things and even working from home. The millennial really does like that flexibility, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk a little about that later, uh, later in the uh, episode. Another thing, Startup Nation, that you need to know about the millennial generation, uh, like I was telling, you know, saying about the uh, election of Barack Obama, is that, believe it or not, they're very civic-oriented. It's kind of crazy that you you think that um, if we're so self-centered that we wouldn't be civic-oriented. It's actually quite the contrary. We always are looking for ways to make the world a better place. My generation grew up in an era of greed. We had our formative years and we had that coming of age, if you will, during the economic downturn. And we saw a lot of people uh, from, the, I'm sorry, from previous generations really making out like fat cats but due to greed. And so my generation really abhors that. And I want you to remember that Startup Nation as I talk about uh, hiring practices in your businesses as you as you start to really uh, hire uh, millennials in the workplace. Another thing, Startup Nation, is that millennials are very, they're, they're citizens of the world. I tell people all the time, they're citizens of the world. And that's probably due in large part to not just to, you know, going to college and this, that, and the other and meeting people different from you are, from you and this, that, and the other, but uh, a lot that's due in large part in the social media. Like myself, I have friend God, I have friends all over the globe just through social media. Now, granted, I've never met them in person, right? And so, you know, I'll leave it up to you to, you know, to uh, <laughs> dictate whether they're my friend or not. But I talk to them on a regular basis. I have friends in New Zealand and Australia. I have friends in in Beijing. I have friends in Japan. I have friends um, in uh, in hell. I got friends in Canada. Matter of fact. My man, he's you know my best friend from Canada. He's actually coming down here to visit uh, in a few weeks. So we really are global citizens. I tell people all the time that in uh, you know when it comes to, like the workplace and uh, understanding like we live in a very truly global economy, is that in my parents' day when you was competing for jobs, uh, you competed with the kid across town, maybe even the kid across state. But my generation has to compete with the kid from Mumbai, the kid from Beijing, the kid from from Tokyo. 
So being those global citizens, if you will, really is an asset to the millennial. And last but not least, and you know, you should have known this was coming. Uh, millennials are very entrepreneurial. That's part of the reason, if not the reason, why we're experiencing this golden age of entrepreneurship. A lot of millennials are very headstrong. You know, a lot of times they, they say that my generation is pampered, that, you know, we want to like, you know, uh, we should be hired on a job as a leader. And I get that. I understand where that may come from. It may come from our parents saying that we can do anything and they really instilling that in us. But a lot of us, you know, as millennials, never got rid of that childlike wonder, never got rid of dreaming, never really got rid of the fact that we can do whatever we want to do. And so when you couple that with social media and tech, it really does allow this generation to be able to be more entrepreneurial than ever before or any generation before that, because we have all this tech that in the palm of our hands and we have, you know, this gumption of like, we can do anything. I mean, it's not really nothing else you could have expected uh, to spur this golden age of entrepreneurship. And so you have a lot of Zuckerbergs and uh, Dorsey's uh, with Twitter and Square that are really starting to make this generation presence known, you know, as entrepreneurs. And even if, you know, you're not talking about the the tech magnets that are Facebook and Twitter, but, you know, they really are at the local level, like making bakeries and having uh, health care centers and things of that nature. This generation really is uh, entrepreneurial in spirit. And that's due in large part to our upbringing. And it was kind of like this just this perfect gumbo of being told we can do whatever we want and tech, because tech makes everything so simple. Now, Startup Nation, when it comes to hiring the millennial, there's a few things you need to consider uh, before you know you make that uh, that offer. For starters, know that the millennial wants to be a leader right off the bat. Now, I'm not saying that they want to be promoted at every turn or they want to be the boss walking in the door. That's not what I'm saying. I know a lot of times people who hire millennials think that's what they mean, but that's not necessarily the case. Say they want to be a leader. They want to have kind of not necessarily autonomy in their role, but a little bit uh, of autonomy to kind of make uh, to kind of make decisions on their own uh, to try to make sure that they can make an impact in the workplace. They want their ideas to be heard. They want to implement that ideas. And if it's one of those things where the ideas don't kind of take hold, that's OK. They understand that. Uh, we absolutely understand that. But a lot of times when they hear that we want to, like, be leaders, they're like, you know, we're ready to run the place. But that that's not necessarily the case, Startup Nation. So when you're hiring the millennial, keep that in mind. Also, Startup Nation, like, when you when you make the job offer, you have the interview, this, that, and the other, you make the job offer, don't just, like, shuttle a whole bunch of lists and duties and job uh, duties at them. That's that's going to deter them really quickly. The millennial really does like flexibility and kind of like the free space to kind of work within the the rules, of course, but the, the ability to be creative within the rules. So when you talk about, you know, uh, job duties, speak more about, uh, I'm sorry, speak less about, you know, this is a job duty, this is a job duty, this is a job duty, and more so what you're looking for in their employment. Like um, if you, you know, you're looking to run the front counter more efficiently, or if you're trying to uh, get packages out quickly on that regard. So 
more so like you want to explain to the, the millennial, you know, how they can make a great impact, not necessarily spit out job duties at them because that's going to turn them off really quickly. Also understand that the traditional nine to five doesn't work for the millennial. It just doesn't. Now, granted, if, you know, if that's one of those things where it has to be, then it has to be. But understand that you may, you know, kind of sh- uh, shrink the talent pool, if you will, if you're very strict about that. Be willing to be a little flexible about the nine to five. If it's a situation where they can uh, uh, come in a little later or it can be split up or they come in really early and you give them more l- time for lunch, really play around with the hours if you can, if if the business permits it. So, But being very rigid on the nine to five setup really does, uh, really does deter the millennial from doing a great job. Because the thing is, this generation really is about a la carte. It really is about flexibility. It really is about mixing and matching the the time at home and the time uh, at work. Work ba- work life balance is extremely important to the millennial. So you must remember that startup nation. If they don't like have the right work-life balance or they don't have the work-life balance that they want, you could find yourself uh, refilling that role really quickly. Also, Startup Nation, this generation uh, is not as easily uh, enticed with money as previous generations. Like we said before, uh, this generation really abhors greed. So trying to tell a millennial that, you know, You'll get more money if you, you know, have this type of productivity or my personal favorite. If you don't do this, we'll get fu- you'll get fired. Startup Nation, I'll tell you this. If you tell a millennial to do something or else they'll get fired, a lot of times they'll just be like, just fire me because they feel that, you know, whether it be overconfidence or you know whatever you think it may be, they feel that they can get a job anywhere or they can create their own. You know, when you're talking about the the share economy from like Lyft and Uber and Airbnb and, the, you, know, uh, you know, you have like things you can like create on Instagram and sell them on Facebook or wherever the case may be. This generation really is, is really of the entrepreneurial mindset like we talked about in previous episode. This generation understands that like they can make money elsewhere. That's not why they're with you. They're trying to make an impact in the world. It goes back to that civic mindedness, if you will. We run in, into this all the time with uh, in education. Uh, we go into schools and we you know and we try to uh, let principals and school leaders know that you know this generation of millennial teachers, you can't bully them with. Uh, do your job or else you'll get fired because a lot of the teachers that are in this generation they really are about trying to make the world a better place they're very civic minded and so you have a lot of teachers in education going off and starting their own their own school you know I can't tell you how many times we have uh, so many millennial starting charter schools or magnet schools or uh, private schools, wherever the case may be, because they they know uh, through you know searching the internet, this and the other, they can find funding. It's just a matter of legwork, and this generation is willing to do that legwork. So, startup nation, if you're hiring or thinking about hiring a millennial, or you're thinking about trying to you know promote a millennial or trying to think about firing a millennial, don't hit them with that you know 
or else you'll get fired because you'll find yourself refilling that role really quickly. Startup Nation, you know, and this one's going to be a difficult to, difficult one, so bear with me. Um, don't disqualify this generation's lack of experience and thinking that they can't do the job. Because believe it or not, like we said earlier before, this generation has the the best capability to learn. They're the you know probably the, you know the smartest generation that we've come across. And I'm not just saying that based on uh, the degrees and how many degrees that they have. I'm saying this based on the ability to, ha- to be able to find the information that they need to solve a problem. Because when you have smartphones at the palm of your hands and you have desktops and you've grown up with you know google being a verb being able to figure out a problem has never been easier and so when you're hiring in your business or promoting in your business focus more on potential than skills and i'm not saying that you know they shouldn't have absolutely no skills that's not what i'm saying but what i you know and experience does help it absolutely does but what i am saying is that focus more on the potential of the potential uh millennial focus more on what they can possibly become as opposed to what they are like i said this generation really is changing a lot of things the way we see the world and hiring practices really is no different and so that brings me to my last point before we go to break startup nation don't have this very rigorous and excessive hiring process you you know what i'm talking about where you have like the the interview and then the second interview and the third interview and the drug test and the fourth interview and then the meet with this manager and the meet with that manager. You know the process I'm talking about. The millennials' attention span, unfortunately, can be a little short. And so after a while, they'd be like, it, no job is worth this, especially, you know, in this day and age where we they already know that you can just fire them at any moment. They'd be like, no job is worth this. I'm not I'm not doing this. And so you'll think you're hiring a great candidate and that candidate is all over somewhere else working for your competitor. And you definitely don't want that startup nation. You want to hire the best uh, potential candidate possible. And so when it comes to that, think about that when it comes to millennial. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I hope you're getting great value from today's episode. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. teacher looking for great resources look no further than our teaching with owls section of our website enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the nixon presidency as part of our legacy series enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are common core line click the link in the show notes to purchase all right startup nation so let's continue so startup nation in your business 
How do you market to the millennial? Well, the first thing you need to understand is that the millennial loves great content. They love great content. So like great content in a blog, great content in a podcast. Like I said, this generation is always learning something. They're always taking in information. And so empowering them with great content allows them to make an informed decision. They love making informed decisions. They don't want to feel like they're getting duped or they don't want to feel like you're just shelling, you know, a brand in their face. They want to know how you connect with them. They want to feel, you know, organically important. They want to almost kind of feel like the the content is custom made for them. And I get what you're saying, like, how is that possible? But it's really not as hard as you think. You know, it's all about, you know, basic, you know, marketing 101. Find your target audience and then write content or create content for that target audience. For example, this podcast, this podcast is geared towards entrepreneurs. So the content is all about empowering that entrepreneur with engaging content, with, you know, with content that they can use in their business. So that's kind of, you know, the content we're talking about as far as like, you know, trying to empower the millennial. The next thing you want to remember, Startup Nation, is, you know, outbound marketing or traditional marketing doesn't work. What am I talking about? Well, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. It's not as effective as it has been in years past. Let me just say that. But what does that look like? We're talking about magazine ads and marketing, you know, uh, radio spots and direct mail campaigns and billboards and this, that, and the other. Now, don't get it twisted. You know, the number one marketing tool that would probably last the test of time is word of mouth. That's always a good one, Okay. But outside of that, when you're talking about, you know, magazine ads and things that and the other, this generation isn't really reading magazines like that. And if they are reading magazines, it's digital, which means that if it's an ad in a, you know, in a digital uh, form, then that that content is jumping off the page or in this instance, jumping off the screen at the millennial. They want to feel something that they can engage with. Right. Whether it be, you know, like when you watch a YouTube video in the first 15 seconds is an ad or something that's more along the lines of marketing to uh, that millennial. That's what they're looking for. Another thing, Startup Nation, that you need to consider is that, you know, collaboration is extremely important. So what do I mean by that? You know, from a marketing standpoint. Now, granted, in the workplace, they're all about, you know, and this is speaking to uh, the anti self-centered. Uh, stigma of the millennial. Believe it or not, they love collaboration in the workplace and even as the consumer uh, in the workplace, for that matter, they love to work in teams. They love to bounce ideas off of each other because they understand, and maybe it's that civic mindedness, they understand that they can get a lot more done together because the millennials love productivity. They love being productive. They love being active. They love being able to, you know, check stuff off the checklist. They always do. But when it comes to the collaboration part as the consumer, the millennial consumer wants to feel as if they're part of the creating process, right? So, for example, if you have like a shoe that they can design online and then have it shipped to them, that's part of the creative process or a T-shirt, uh, which are, you know, something that's easier to um, to hold on. So, like, they can have a T-shirt and they can add their different logos or different colors and this, that, and the other, that's part of the creative process. And even with like different other industries as well, like your blue apron that allows you to 
you know, they send you all the ingredients and then the, the millennial can just uh, either follow those instructions or they can mix and match, you know, or add different ingredients to make that food even better or better, you know, to their palate, of course. Right. So if you can create a product or service to where it allows for the millennial to kind of co-collaborate with you as well, that's a product that would do really well with the millennial. Also, Startup Nation, know that ownership is, is something that really isn't too important to the millennial. Let me explain. So believe it or not, a lot of times millennials would rather rent than own, whether it be a house or something to that regard. And, you know, one thing or one example that really comes to mind is how we watch TV and our entertainment. For example, back in the day when you first got cable, you know, you'll get this cable box and you get the subscription and then you get this HBO subscription and Cinemax subscription and Disney Channel subscription, this, that, and the other, right? But now when it comes to watching your entertainment, the big three for the longest time was NBC, CBS, and ABC, right? Now, granted, you have Fox and CW and this, that, and the other, right? But those were kind of like, those three were like the big three. Now, the big three is Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu. So what does that tell you? Millennials cut cords. So if you're cutting the cord and you're just getting like, you know, this modem to, you know, hook up to your, uh, the internet to watch these, uh, these platforms, what are you getting rid of? You're getting rid of the cable box. You're getting rid of the satellite dish, right? And so it's one of those things where it's a little bit more, you know, now granted, you're not owning the, the cable box or the satellite dish, but you are paying this fee for it, right? But it does speak to this very static, big, bulky box sitting on top of your TV, right? Which seems like you're kind of owning it because it's in your space. But when you when you cut the cord, however, it's just a matter of having this platform to where you can cut that subscription at any time, as opposed to like a direct TV or a Comcast or time Warner or something like that. You got to sign like these contracts or whatever. Right. And that speaks to like, you know, I got to like hold this down or own this for two years. Right. But if you have like a sling TV or like a, a PlayStation view or, um, or now Hulu has gotten into the subscription model uh, TV thing. You can cut that subscription at any time. And there's no you know, cancellation fee. And so that really speaks to the fact that the entrepreneur is really kind of transient. It goes back, go back to my renting versus own home ownership model. Millennials love options. They love the option to like just pick up and leave whenever they want to, right? Because you know there's more of the world to see. You know, you can have a millennial who has an apartment in, in Manhattan with a six-month lease. Like, you know what? I'm done with Manhattan. Let's go to Cali for a little while. Let's go to Wyoming for a little while. Let's go to Seattle for a little while. Let's go to Texas for a little while. The millennial really is kind of transit in that regard. So use is more, you know, is more useful than ownership. Use is, you know, you know, they get to pick and choose what they need at the moment, and then they can just get rid of it. And so millennials love having that option. So if your product and service can kind of mimic that as much as possible, you can be really successful in engaging the entrepreneur, the millennial with your product or service. And uh, another thing to remember, millennials just want to have fun. If you have content that's engaging, you have a fun or, you know, uh, fun or engaging product or service, the millennial will find you. They will find you. 
you know, I can't tell you how many times when uh, we have like uh, these YouTube stars and they're just popping up left and right. And, I, and my question is like, how do you find these people? Trust me, the millennial will find you because they're scouring the the Internet for you. Right. Because like, you know, they're, and they're always mobile. Mobile is king to the to the millennial. Remember that as well. And lastly, Startup Nation, we're going to talk about how you sell to the millennial. The first thing you need to know is you don't sell to the millennial. The millennial buys from you. If, if you know, and I, and I know this is probably kind of hard to get your head around, but you don't sell to the millennial. The millennial buys your product or service. And so what you're trying to do is a get it in front of them, of course, and then b you don't want to hit them with the buy here, buy now, you know, get it while it lasts, you know, limited time only. Like the thing is, we've grown up with those things and we're just sick and tired of it. The millennial hates to be bombarded with like sales pitches. OK, how you sell to the millennial is more so about selling the benefit. It saves you money. It saves you time. It, 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 you know, it gives you whatever. They're looking for benefits, not the actual product itself. So if you hit them with that, you know, uh, that buy now, buy now, buy now, they may tune you out. They just may tune you out. And you definitely don't want that because, like I said, this generation is really coming into their own as far as adulthood, which means they're starting to dominate the workforce in numbers, which means their buying power is growing. So if you know if you want to make nice with a millennial, remember that uh, that notion. Also, you need to understand how the millennial communicates. The thing is, I have a friend who lives in Nashville. She says that I don't. She doesn't buy anything until she checks them out on social media first. So you definitely have to be on social media. And the thing is, like the millennials, like my uh, age, a millennial probably on Facebook. You know this, that, and the other. But most millennials, you need to hit them up on Instagram and Snapchat. That's kind of where they are. And so, if you have a product or service, you want to build that following on those platforms. You want to build that platform, build those following that following on many platforms like your Facebook and Twitter, this that, and the other. But you definitely want to understand where your target audience is and where that millennial is. And a lot of them really aren't on Facebook as much. I mean, like they have a Facebook page and they have a Twitter and they use it from time to time. But that's probably not where most of them are. And so you want to engage that in your business, uh, Startup Nation. Also, you know, like I said, the millennial wants to make an informed decision, but they also don't want to have a lot of information that's useless. OK, so when you're engaging the millennial and trying to sell to them, be informative but be really quick, okay? Make sure, you know, if you got that elevator pitch, make sure it's on point with the millennial. And Startup Nation, and this is probably the most important thing, don't try to dupe the millennial. Don't try to get over on them. Because the thing is, is that, like, in this day and age, they've seen a lot of different things through social media, through TV, through sales tactics when they were younger. Don't try to give or get over on them. They will... They will punish you for not necessarily just and I don't even mean just from a selling standpoint. I mean, even from after they buy standpoint, they will blast you on Yelp. They will hit you up on social media. The thing is, 20 years ago, when you had a complaint, like if let's say you went to a hotel and you had a complaint, right? You know, you take it up, you know, with the maybe the Better Business Bureau and you complain to the manager of the hotel. And, you know, who knows where it would go from that. But in this day and age... 
the millennial, you're, you're you're one tweet away from all your you know your 2016 or 2017 sales going down the tubes because they're going to like take pictures and they're going to tweet and retweet and they're going to you know share and people are going to chime in and you can tag that business now and so if you try to dupe them you will you will get severely punished or you can at least get severely punished cuz i've seen uh, what happens when um, marketing ads go, you know, terribly awry. Just a few weeks ago, we had the Dove soap uh, fiasco where it got to the point where Dove had to pull the ad because, like, the social media outcry was so dire, they had no choice. So don't try to get it over on them. Don't try to sell them the lemon car because you will get blasted and the millennial who is already tech savvy and already have their phone at their hip anyway, will make you pay for it drastically. Another thing, Startup Nation, appeal to their emotions, okay? Appeal to the millennial emotions, which is it's not very hard to do. You just need to find out, not necessarily where the pain point is, but what appeals to them. If they're civic-minded, you know, speak to how, um, you know, buying this product or service goes towards a good cause. A g two good examples are Tom Shoes and Warby Parker to where, you know, if, you know, you, you know Warby Parker is a, uh, sells uh, glasses or whatever, right? And so every pair of glasses you buy, a pair of glasses goes to somebody in need. Same thing with Tom Shoes. Another, a pair of shoes that you buy, another a pair of shoes goes in need. So speak to that civic-minded emotion when you're selling to the millennial. Or if it's uh, like uh, another one, I like Flex watches, where uh, they had like ten different color, you know, ten co ten watches in ten different colors, and eat, you know, one color, you know, black is for veterans, pink is for breast cancer, yellow is for autism, or wherever the case may be. And each color, after all the sales, ten percent of that sale goes towards that particular cause. Okay, and like I said, this generation is civic minded, and so when you can appeal to that. That notion, or if you can appeal to the fact that you purchasing this, it not just it goes beyond just you purchasing that. It goes to making the world a better place, making a charitable donation, or whatever case, you know, whatever the case may be. That speaks to the millennial. The millennial eats that up every single time. It never fails because it feels like you know. Uh, not only am I getting this great product or service, it's actually going to a good cause as well. So make sure you appeal to the their emotion startup nation however you can. And when you're selling to the millennial uh, startup nation, act like an advisor, not a salesperson. Advise them how that product or service makes that life better or makes, you know, uh, or why it's needed. OK, it's almost kind of like, you know, uh, being president or an elected official. And you have like a list of advisors. Treat the millennial as if they're the president and you're one of their advisors saying you should buy this running shoe because it has more cushioning. It has more lift. You can run a little bit longer. It's very durable. You know, it's one of those things where I highly advise you, uh, you know, to consider this shoe based on these reasons. So act as an advisor or kind of a counselor, if you will. Don't try to hit them with you should buy this now because it's a great shoe or, you know, buy this now because supplies are limited. They will they will they will go to your competitor quick, fast, and, and that will hurt your feelings and your pockets real quick. Another thing, Startup Nation, don't underestimate the millennial just because they're young and just because, you know, they have all this money now and they're trying to figure out what to do it. Don't think they don't know anything. 
never think that, you know, not only that they don't know anything, but that they can't go to your competitor. Okay, be mindful of that. So here's my final take. The millennial, like I said, is really growing into their own. But there's a lot of misconceptions out there about who they are, what they do, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, the millennial is no different than any other generation. It's just that their characteristics are drastically different from generations past. You have to get to know them. You have to understand how they think. You have to know why they're so tech savvy in order to cater to them. You have to know why they appear to be, you know, self-centered in order to hire them properly. You need to know why they seem to be pampered, even though it can be a great asset, not only into your business, but if you're selling to them as their, you know, as their advisor, as you approach them as a consumer as well. So that's going to end this episode of the Startup Life Startup Nation. I really hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, the millennial really is a different character in year, you know, in generations past. But if you're able to get to know them, you will benefit, your business will benefit, and more importantly, your bottom line will benefit. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email using the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, The Startup Life.